In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Pharisees are the chief villains of the Gospels. They are guilty of two things. First, they were hypocrites. Their lives did not match their teachings. Second, they focused on the external appearance of righteousness and ignored the evil that was inside in their hearts. It should be noted that just because they were hypocrites doesn't mean that what they believed was wrong. In fact, the most dangerous kind of self-righteous person is someone who advocates for the truth but is not in touch with the ways that his or her own life falls short of conformity to that truth. The Pharisees personify a pattern of human nature that can be seen in many groups. The Pharisee, the angry fundamentalist, the outraged and merciless social activist, and most people with utopian schemes to save the world share the same trait of human nature. They locate the evil out there in other people while not seeing the same evil that is present in their own hearts. This pattern began in Genesis when, confronted with his sin, Adam pointed at Eve. When confronted with her sin, Eve pointed at the serpent. King David is the first person in the Bible to say, when confronted with sin, I did it. See Psalm 51. It should be instructive for us that a repentant adulterer who arranged a killing to cover up his sin is described in the Bible as, quote, a man after God's own heart. In John 8, the scribes and Pharisees brought to Jesus a woman caught in adultery. Jesus wrote something on the ground that convicted the self-righteous crowd. He said to them, quote, Let him who is without sin among you cast the first stone at her. Perhaps when Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground, he wrote Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10. That verse says, quote, The adulterer and the adulteress shall be put to death. The self-righteous crowd forgot to bring someone else along. Perhaps it was a friend of theirs. This always happens with the self-righteous. They judge their enemies harshly, but excuse the sins of their friends, just as they excuse their own sins. It is this tendency of human nature that Jesus is unmasking in today's gospel. The Ten Commandments said, you shall not murder. Jesus says that if you're angry with another person, you've already committed murder in your heart. Now, Jesus is not saying that vengeful anger is as serious a sin as his actual murder. Rather, he is saying that the sinfulness of anger reveals that this root sin is present in all hearts. 
The Pharisees were so angry at Jesus because he did not follow the Torah according to the tradition, and so they wanted to kill him. So, to uphold the Torah, they were willing to violate the Torah. This pattern is writ large all over our culture. People are so angry at their enemies that they feel justified in doing whatever unjust, dishonest, or immoral thing is necessary to oppose them. These are all just 21st century variations of the New Testament Pharisee. Our desire for justice and righteousness can never be just and righteous until we realize that the same evil we oppose in them is also present in us. The same evil I hate in you is also present in me. And as a psychological principle, the more I hate it in you, the more likely it is to be present in me. Projection explains a lot of human behavior. The truth that sin and evil is present in every heart was expressed compellingly by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who is imprisoned for opposing Stalin in communist Russia. He wrote the following, quote, It was only when I lay there on rotting prison straw that I sensed within myself the first stirrings of good. Gradually, it was disclosed to me that the line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes of people, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. This is why the target of Jesus' revolutionary activity is each human heart. The problem is not that we have the wrong system. The problem is that we all have sin, and sin corrupts every system. This is why the Son of God became man to die for our sins, rather than to take the side of some temporal political cause. Only through the cross and resurrection of Jesus can humanity be set free from captivity to sin and death and achieve the peace and justice to which it aspires. The primary heresy of the modern world, which is carried over into the postmodern world, is the denial of sin. With the denial that sin and evil exists in every human heart, comes the assumption that if we only put more effort and zeal into the cause of justice, of course, justice as we define it, we will finally create the utopia we seek. This is precisely the attitude of the New Testament Pharisee, who believed that his zeal for the Torah will lead Israel to her destiny. Instead, it led old covenant Israel to its destruction. God's plan to lead his covenant people to their destiny is the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus fulfilled the righteous requirements of the Torah on our behalf. He is the truly righteous person. Jesus took our sins upon himself on the cross. As Isaiah says, he was wounded for our transgressions. Jesus conquered death by rising on Easter. Then Jesus shared his new resurrection life with us through the gift of the Spirit. Only in Christ and only in the Spirit can we transcend limitations of our sinful nature and do God's will. This is not a self-help project. It requires our death. The death of our old selves that pridefully believes we can do the will of God on our own. It requires the honest confession of our sin, a confession that looks at the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. It requires that we surrender to God in faith and obedience so that the Holy Spirit can begin to do God's work in us so that we can rise to new eternal life. Apart from this dying and rising, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is our baptism. As the epistle says, quote, Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. The dying and rising of baptism is the pattern for the life of faith. We are, as 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 says, quote, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. As we pray in the second collect for Easter Day, quote, grant us so to die daily from sin, that we may evermore live with him in the joy of his resurrection. In the Eucharist, we renew our baptism, and we also anticipate our resurrection, which is the completion of our baptism. As 1 Corinthians says, quote, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed changed in that full and final way. In the gospel today, Jesus tells us how to live in this experience and hope right now. Rather than ignoring our own sin and being angry with others, Jesus teaches us to begin life with an examination of what is in our own hearts. Quote, If you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift, go your way, first be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. 
In our liturgy, we say, quote, Ye who do truly and earnestly repent you of your sins and are in love and charity with your neighbors, draw near with faith. To practice genuine righteousness in Christ, we must seek to love the way God loves. We must seek to love others the way we ourselves have been loved by Christ. This reforming work must begin in our own hearts. For as Jesus said, quote, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.